Happy Mother's Day. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. So glad you found us. If this is your first time, we want to say a special welcome to you and say thanks for checking us out. And if this is your spiritual home, we say welcome to you and are grateful you found time. So it is Mother's Day, and we're grateful for the moms in our life. That's how we came into being, exactly, right? And so grateful that we can celebrate the women in our lives that have made such an impact. And we will be celebrating here in the building later this morning with uh, some opportunities for some cool uh, photo booth kinds of things. So we've got some cool signs for people to hold up and share and maybe take a selfie. And, and then especially this one here talking about mom life, right? Uh, I, I can only imagine, right? I'm going to take a moment and share a video from a couple years ago when life was a little bit different for many of us as we made the rounds. But, uh, grateful that we can celebrate our moms. But also, let's take and be reminded of this. Well, it's finally happened. You've moved out. You're on your own. Congratulations. But everyone still needs a little help sometimes. Mom, have you seen my wallet? It's in your back pocket. Nah, I checked there. Your other back pocket, dear. Ah. Thanks, Mom. Introducing the Mom Personal Assistant, the only smart speaker device with all the wisdom, caring, and sage advice of a mother. Mom, please call Brad. Honey, I'm just not sure he's right for you. Just call him. Okay, calling Ryan. No, Mom, I said call Brad. Trust me. The Mom PA always has your best interests in mind. Wish me luck, Mom. Big interview today. Did you eat breakfast? Uh... Is that what you're wearing? Wait, what? <laughs> Did you even shower? She's there to provide a helping hand whenever you need it. Mom, set a timer for 40 minutes. Mom? The mom personal assistant won't function until you say the magic word. Oh, right. Mom, please set a timer for 40 minutes. Sure thing, hon, but it's only 30 minutes for that dish. The mom PA is always correct and basically knows everything. Mom, what setting should I use for this laundry? Mom, do you think I should color my hair? Hey, mom, can you please order mac and cheese? You still have two boxes. What? No, we're out. Did you look? Yeah, I just looked. It's gone. Do you want me to look? Uh, no, no, it's okay. I'll go look again. Try looking with your eyes this time. Based on God's perfect design, the mom personal assistant is thoughtful, kind, encouraging, and supportive. You are beautiful. It's okay. You're gonna get through this. I am so proud of you. You can change the world. But right now, hon, you really need to change your socks because they smell like a dumpster. Ugh, mom. The mom personal assistant. Always helpful, always reliable, and always there for you. As we lean into our time of worship, we're grateful that God has given us life through our mothers. We're in this series called Witness, and it makes perfect sense that we celebrate Mother's Day as part of this message. The idea of the witness that we are given to give life to others, and especially as we think about the words uh, come and see and go and tell all that we have to offer now this week as I was thinking about Mother's Day again I was thinking two questions one what is the hallmark of a great mother and then two what's the greatest gift that we could give a mother on Mother's Day and you know truth is I kept coming back to this idea of kindness in fact last week we were reminded uh, behind me on the platform you see stand up for the movie from Tom Hanks when he portrayed uh, Fred Rogers and telling the story of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And we talked about how kindness is really the word that best identifies what Fred Rogers was all about. 
But when we think about our moms, that word it works also. It's a hallmark, if you will, of what a great mother is. And the greatest thing that we can do for our moms is to be kind to them. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, Because of God's deep love and concern for you, you should practice tenderhearted mercy and kindness to others. You see, when it really comes down to it, kindness is something that we put in action. It's something that we do. And I want you to notice the word here in the scripture. It's the word practice, and it's something we have to sort of all work at, right? It's a practical kind of thing. Now, when I think about my mother or my, my mothers or even my wife, Melinda, I think they all are some of the kindest people that I know. They always are helping people. That's what kindness is. It's love in action. And I want us to see, too, that kindness isn't just uh, for mothers. It actually benefits all of us. The Bible says in Proverbs, the kind man benefits himself. So today I want to give you five words that can suggest how you can become a more kind person. The first one is be sensitive. Those are the elements of kindness. The second is to be supportive, to be sensitive and supportive. And the third is to be sympathetic. Uh, The fourth is to be straightforward, to be sensitive and support and sympathetic and straightforward. And finally, number five is to be spontaneous. Now, let's look at this first word, be sensitive. In other words, what I mean by that is we got to tune it in. We need to be aware of the things around us. The scriptures tell us each of you should look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. He says, be aware. And so if we're aware, then we can make a difference in the people's lives around us. There's two things here, and one comes from last week, reminded that we're all working through something. And when we think about life in that way, that we're all pushing through our own individual difficulties, that should create some sensitivity as we're all trying to just do life, and that we need to give each other a little more break, a little more grace in our relationships. Everyone that's sitting around us, uh, whether we're at church or we're at work or play or at the restaurant, everyone's working through some difficulties. And then the second would be, and we've talked about this one, is that the barrier to kindness, probably the number one barrier to kindness, is our busyness. Because when we get too busy, we just don't have time to be kind. We're just in it. We're in for our agenda. I'll admit, I'm the least kind to Melinda, uh, to the people around me, when I've got my task list in front of me of what I've got to get done when I start working on my goals and my desires. That when I start thinking, I've got to do what I've got to do, and the reality is sometimes I don't have time to be kind. And, and, and let me try it this way. If you were to ask what the three greatest emotional needs are of the people closest to you, especially in this last week, would you be able to answer that? If we're kind to each other, we'll at least have some sense. And so kindness starts with this idea of looking, of being sensitive. So we need to be aware. We need to be a sensitive. And so Maybe even you can say it this way, if you care, you'll be aware. And then the second point is to be supportive. What I'm talking about here is to be supportive in your speech, the way you talk to people, the things that you say. Again, the Proverbs remind us that kind words bring life, but cruel words crush your spirit. I'm reminded of an old Peanuts cartoon where I believe it's uh, Peppermint Patty is calling Charlie Brown, and she's on the phone, and she says, Hey, Chuck, guess what? I'm running for Queen of the May. Uh, at our school. The next frame is Charlie Brown on the phone with, and Lucy standing next to him with a crown on her head. And Charlie says, that's interesting. Lucy has already been chosen at our school. The third frame is, well, your school has some pretty low standards. You know that, Chuck? And then the fourth frame is Charlie Brown looks to Lucy, 
he says, she says, congratulations. Well, that's tact, if you will, and that's uh, being a diplomat, and that's probably the best expression of kindness that I can offer you is, do you remember when you were a kid and you are on the playground? Do you remember that sort of bully that would give you a hard time? They would exploit your weaknesses. They'd rub in every failure. They would go for the jugular sometimes, and we'd be hurt, right? Go home and you'd hear from mom, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words or names will never hurt me. Well, I want to suggest that that's just not true. The reality is, especially as we see the impact of trauma in our world, that those words can have a deep harm to a person's life, that actually a broken bone would heal faster than someone's broken spirit. And the Bible reminds us that kind words bring life, but cruel words will crush your spirit because, you see, your words have a great power to either heal or to hurt. So how do you support people with your words? Are you an encourager or are you a discourager? Do you lift people up with the things that you say, or do you use words to put them down? Let's imagine this, that God's going to have a contest, and he says, I'm going to give you a dollar for every kind word you said this year, and then I'm going to take away a dollar for every critical word or negative word you said this year. Uh, Where would you be, rich or poor? Would you have a lot of money, or would you be a, a deficit spending? I think some of us would be in the hole. So we want to be sensitive and we want to be supportive and then we want to be sympathetic. And what I mean by that is that kind people share in the emotions of others. Romans 12:15 says, when others are happy, be happy with them. And if they're sad, share their sorrows. That's what makes being part of the church so important, that when we gather as a fellowship of believers, that we can share each other's pains and each other's joys. The beauty of what the church can be in those moments when life is difficult This week, I got an email from an individual who was seeking some assistance and just asked them to share their story. And it's complicated. They've gone through a miscarriage. They currently have another child that's in some health issues. They have their own health issues. They're working through some addiction issues and just all of that. And I was just grateful that I could offer some words of encouragement and actually connected them to another ministry in another community where they lived just to offer some encouragement to say, I get it. They started out the conversation when I asked, had they reached out to a local church? They said, well, I'm not really a religious person. And I had to say, well, I'm not either, but I do know that there are people in your community there that maybe could help you, and you should not be afraid to reach out to them. We need to be sympathetic because that is being kind. I'm reminded of how President Reagan, uh, one of the reasons I think he was so popular and his, he had a, just a sense about him, especially in moments of national tragedy, can remember when the space shuttle Challenger blew up and just his leading the nation through the, the deep sorrow that th- took place there. Or I remember, and we've shared the video here, of his celebrating the, the lives that were lost in World War II on the beaches of Normandy. And as he shared some stories there uh, of deep emotion and deep sorrow, he cried openly. And we see that strong leaders aren't afraid to share their, their emotion Now, on the other hand, I think weak leaders, they always have to be in control, and so their emotions really don't come to the surface. I don't know what it is about men, but many of us are scared to share our true emotions. The shortest verse in the Bible, the one that shows Jesus' deep emotion, is it's at the death of Lazarus, and what did he say? He he wept. Uh, You know, what that meant is that he was a man's man. So I think when we have a celebration of life after a person has passed, that basically sometimes the only thing we can really do is just cry with people. 
because I know funerals are incredibly awkward. It's incredibly uh, awkward because we're not quite sure what to say. And we're not sure what to offer because in those moments there really isn't anything we can say. And so I've encouraged people in my tenure as a pastor just to be present, that you don't have to say anything in the midst of a crisis. You don't have to say one word. But the best thing you can do is to be with that person and maybe even cry with that person. Where the scriptures remind us to weep with those who weep. And, and that is what being kind is all about. And also we can rejoice with those who rejoice. So we have this idea of being sensitive and being supportive and being sympathetic. And then I want to talk about straightforward. And that sort of plays off of what we talked about last week about being gentle in our words, but then also being willing to be committed to certain truths. Because sometimes kindness means that we need to be candid and frank and straight up with people. We need to level with people and tell them uh, where they're blowing it, to call them out. And to do it with love, because maybe they're making a mistake. The writer of Proverbs 27, 6 says, wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. David says in Psalm 145, 5, a good man may rebuke me in kindness. Because we know that a, a real friend doesn't say, well, it's none of my business. A real friend says, if you are a friend, is it is your business. Not to be nosy, but to come alongside a person and encourage them to make the right choices. Because kindness is that thing that you do that will be able to level with someone and to tell them exactly what they're doing that may be wrong. So when you go to the doctor, do you want him to lie to you or do you want him to tell you the truth? Well, you want him to do it with kindness and not just drop the bomb, right? Do you want him to say, You've got to have surgery or you're going to die. Or do you want him to say, it's no big deal. You might get well on your own. Just relax. Think positive. The reality is we know that sometimes a doctor has to cut us. A surgeon has to go in with a knife and to reveal whatever needs to be revealed and removed. Sometimes you have to hurt a person in order for the person to heal. Sometimes the kindest thing that you can do is just to be straightforward, honest with the person and tell them the truth. And if we do it in kindness, we're there to be present and we'll listen and we'll encourage and be there to help them walk through the next steps. It's far less kind to overlook a problem that you know is destroying somebody's life. A book that came out a number of years ago by Dr. James Dobson is entitled Love Must Be Tough. And I think that's a great title because sometimes love must be tough. Sometimes there's things that you have to say that you're not going to take it anymore, that you're not going to stand by in silence. And that actually plays into what we talked about last week, about being gentle but also being focused, to, to be uh, Mother Teresa sometimes, but then sometimes we have to be William Wallace, that you're not going to let your friend destroy their life, you know, their marriage or, or how they're raising their kids, that you're going to help them fight for that, those things. And, or maybe even ask them the tough question, how do you think you can get away with these things? I just know that as I've worked with young people and even adults is that kindness often means that we have to be straightforward. Again, the scriptures tell us a good man may rebuke me in kindness. If we care enough to confront a person, you can care enough to confront a child or that spouse or that friend or even an employee. You don't want to just let them die on their own out there. Now, some may ask, how do I know when to confront and how do I know when to comfort? Well, I'm not sure. You have to evaluate each situation and figure out which is going to bring the most healing. Sometimes comfort will, and sometimes confrontation will. And that's when you invite the Holy Spirit to help guide your actions and your thoughts and your words as you share them with people. So if you're going to be a kind mother, if you're going to be kind to your mother, a kind kind of person, you're going to need to be sensitive, and you're going to need to be supportive, and you're going to need to be sympathetic, 
and you need to be straightforward. And then we land on this fifth point, our final point, which is we need to be spontaneous. In other words, don't wait to do a kind act. When you've got time to do it, do it. Do it now. Don't miss the moment. Again, let's look at this verse in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Paul says, As we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Well, I've got an underline there. As we have the opportunity. It's in bold yellow. It's there for a reason. It's because it's about when we have opportunity. Now, in other words, when should we be kind? Well, the truth is it's obvious. Whenever you see a need, meet it. We've all done this, right? You've had somebody do something kind for you, and then you think that it was really nice, and it's like, well, I need to write them a letter. I need to write them a thank you note. And then you put it off, and you put it off, and you put it off, and finally, it's been so long, it's almost embarrassing to, if you would stop and write a note. Or you need to say, I need to make that phone call, or I need to thank somebody else, or I need to make somebody something to eat. You know what I'm talking about, right? You need to make that phone call, and you need to thank them. You need to do it now. I'm reminded of a story that was shared with me as we celebrated a great saint of this church, uh, Betty Squires. She was 96 years old when she passed a number of years ago, but I was at the funeral home planning out her celebration of life, waiting on her family to arrive, and the funeral director shared with me that when she came to Mansfield after graduating from mortuary school with her husband, they actually lived on Betty Street, just down the block here. And they weren't in that house about three days when there was a knock at the door. And when she went to open the door, here stood Betty Squire holding a uh, freshly baked peach pie. Now, anybody who knew Betty knew that, that was one of her, her marks of, of kindness as she was an amazing baker. And so she was sharing that. And it's just amazing how a simple gesture like that can impact a person's life forever. But we need to be reminded that opportunities to show kindness don't last. That you have to lean in and you have to seize the moment. You have to do it now as if you have the opportunity right in this moment because they pass quickly because we're all busy. And I guess that's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm reminded of a phrase that Rick Warren is known for saying, do your giving while you're living and then you'll be knowing where it's going. Well, it's interesting. I've had the pleasure of working with folks to do estate planning and to help people direct their generosity to support various efforts over many years. And it's interesting that I've heard people say, well, I'm just, when I die, I'm just going to leave it to charity. Well, uh, that's okay, but wouldn't it be a much better thing that you could see what happens with those dollars right here and now? Because you see, when we have the opportunity to be spontaneous, it's an opportunity for us to express kindness. You see, when it comes to kindness, just having good intentions, that doesn't measure up. That doesn't count. It's like horseshoes. It doesn't count. You can't say, well, I've been meaning to do something kind for my neighbor or my children, I mean to do something kind for my wife or my husband or for my parents or for that teacher or for that worker or for that employer or for that boss or for my secretary. I've been meaning to. Yeah, but it doesn't work. When are you going to do it? That's the question. You can say I'm planning on it, but the question really is when are you going to do it? When are you going to make it happen? Well, do it now. The best example of this comes to us out of the Bible in the story of the Good Samaritan. We all know it well, right? When this guy saw a need, how did he handle it? Well, the man, he, there's a man that's been beaten and robbed and mugged, and his clothes have been taken, and he's battered, and he's lying on the side of the road. And then two religious leaders have walked past him and didn't do anything. And then comes along the Samaritan, who's not even a friend of his, and this guy sees a need, and he immediately stops. And he meets the need in the moment. He was spontaneous. He didn't think twice about it. He responded immediately. 
he picked up the guy and he bandaged him up and he took him down to the local Holiday Inn Express and he gave them his credit card and said, I'll cover all the bills for him and I'll be back later. Now my question is, would you do that? Would you do that for a total stranger? And then you take a look at the two religious guys. They saw the guy in pain, but they're sort of thinking in their mind, the one guy is, well, I wonder if this is tax deductible. I'd like to do it, but I'm not sure if I can write it off on my taxes. Or you contrast the spontaneity of the Good Samaritan with the cold calculating attitude of the priest who said, I did my duty in the temple today. I gave it the office. I'm on my way home. I've got family priorities. I can't be distracted. You know, sometimes I think we use our family as a cover because it's just easier. I can't minister because I've got family duties. Yeah, I know you do. We all do. Uh, But you need to do both. And then maybe somebody says, well, it's not my fault you got hurt. It's not your fault. You're right. But you can help him out. You say, well, I might get robbed. Well, you might. You might get hurt in the process, but you need to risk that. Uh, You might. But you know what? Kindness always costs. There's always a price tag to kindness. Jesus paid the ultimate price tag for us. And the Good Samaritan paid the, the bill for this guy. It's not a free thing. And then I want to go back and just touch on this for a moment because this is where we've all been, right? Because I believe the number one enemy of us being kind is that we're busy. It's our busyness. We are just so busy that we don't have time to add anything but our own personal agenda. I hear it all the time. I'm too busy to serve. I'm too busy to have a ministry. And then, you know what? You're too busy. Uh, You're out of God's will is what I want to say. You're out of balance in your life. Life involves blessing yourself, but it also involves blessing others. You see, if you're just too busy to be kind, you don't have a ministry. So let's wrap this up on this Mother's Day. Who can you be kind to this week? I mean, think about it. Look around you. Think about the people that you're friends with in your social media. Uh, There are people that are right now very discouraged about things that are going on in the world. There are people that are hurting and bleeding. And you know what? We just need to open our eyes. How about in our homes? It's possible that as you think about the week ahead, you could possibly just possibly be a little kinder to your spouse or to your children and maybe do an act of kindness. Create some time for them, what I call me time, just with no other agenda and that I'm here to spend time with you. What do you want to do? And, you know, I wonder how many divorces could have been prevented by this kind of kindness. It's just a common courtesy that we need to be kind to the people around us. How about at work? How about that new worker that started on the job who uh, somehow maybe got lost in the orientation process, has no idea where they're going or what they're doing? You could show kindness by standing with them, by helping them through the next three or four months. Or what about that guy who's unkind to you at work? You know what? You can love him with kindness. Do you know there are people who are unkind to others simply because they've never experienced kindness? And how about if you're a student? What could you do at school? Do you think it's possible you could be kind to that person that nobody else likes? That nerd or the jerk or the outcast, the person that nobody likes to be around? You know what? If you hang out with that guy and he's unpopular, then you might be unpopular. That's what you may be thinking. It's just possible that in the name of Jesus Christ, you could be kind to that person this week. Then watch what happens. Kindness will transform people. They come out of their cocoon and they blossom and they bloom and they grow with affirmation. Because you see, kindness can change our personalities. You've got a difficult child, be kind to them and watch what happens. Or how about that friend that doesn't know who Jesus is? That's why we're doing this series on witnessing, of talking about how do we share our faith? How do we invite people to come and see and go and tell? That's literally the kindest thing you can do for somebody is to share the hope of Jesus with them. To make a friend 
for life, to tell them that God loves them. That's the kindest thing that you can do. And maybe you've heard this before, that you are the only Bible that some people will ever read. And I know that can be kind of crazy, right? So what am I really talking about today as we think about our moms and the idea of kindness? I want us to see that it's our life, that it's our life of kindness that we're called to. The Bible tells us in Titus chapter 3, verse 4, Jesus Christ is the kindness of God. It says Jesus is the kindness of God, that he's incarnate, he's in the flesh, he's in person, and he's in a body. And if you're going to be like Jesus Christ, you've got to learn to be kind. It's part of who we are as his followers. So just to wrap up, it's interesting. The Romans and the Roman Empire used to confuse two Greek words, Christos, which meant Christ or Christians, and the word Christos, which means kind. Now, it's kind of interesting play on words there, isn't it? They were always confusing Christians and kindness. I can't think of anything that would be a better confusion. I can't think of two words that ought to be more synonymous, to be a Christian and to be a kind person. That's what it's all about. Here's a couple things for you to practically do in the week ahead. I want to challenge you to find a place to lean in and make a difference, to find a place where you can give out and you can give back where you can say, this is what I'm going to do, not because I get anything out of it. I do it as an act of kindness. Is there anything you're doing like that for the Lord right now, just out of an act of kindness? And then I want you to think of an act of kindness that you can do, or two, or three, for somebody around you. And I don't want you to tell them who did it. Just to maybe do something simple. Maybe swizzle the toilet in the bathroom, or notice that maybe the car was washed, or Uh, maybe go get the groceries. I don't know what it is in your context, but think about that. To do a couple acts of kindness and don't tell anybody and just see how Jesus smiles on you and the encouragement you get from him. But in all these things as we celebrate our moms, so let's end our time here in prayer. God, we thank you for Mother's Day and for our mothers. The fact is none of us would be here if you hadn't used human instruments of mothers and fathers. God, we know that our mothers aren't perfect and they did the best they could, and we thank you for that, and you used each of them to bring each of us into the world. And we thank you for their kindness. We're grateful for the life that we have because of them. God, thank you for loving us. We thank you for just the many things that you give us, and we just pray that in this week ahead that we can be kind, that we could be a living testimony, that we could be literally living Bibles. Just thank you for loving us and rescuing us, and we just pray your blessing now in your strong name. Amen. Thanks for being with us on this Mother's Day to know that you've been blessed to be a blessing. So go forth and serve Christ in his name. Amen.